You're listening to The Breakfast Show, where Lawson is about to choke on an oatmeal square. He's walking around. Will he survive? We don't know, but he's here. He is in the studio. He's kicking around. He's coming back. He's trying to get it all down. Ooh, it's getting out of control. Well, we're here. The Breakfast Show. It's fun. He wants me to read the quiz clue. He cannot finish this, so we're going to go into quiz number clue three. Is it number three? No, we're on number four. Okay. Says two. No, we're set two, three, four, one. Here's a clue. This is one of the pieces of the armor of God, the blank of truth. Ooh, Texas at 0491064669. If you know the answer to the quiz where you can actually win the beautiful compilation series, uh, we got Patriarchs and Prophets, we got Prophets and Kings, we've got Desire of Ages, we've got Acts of the Apostles, we've got and the we've got the Great Controversy. <laughs> He's back now. As well as Journal of the Word, Study Bible. Guys, we want to give you these things for free. You want to read that question again for us, Blake? This is one of the pieces of the armor of God, the blank of truth. Mm. Ooh, wonder what that could be. Could be the wardrobe of truth? We don't know. We'll <laughs> could be the... Out. Well, we said before it was the Tesla. Car. Yeah, I was going to say, it's yeah. not the Tesla of truth. Uh, it is something completely different. And you, if you get the answer correctly, you can text us at 491 This one is worth 200 points. You can get yourself 200 opportunities from this one chance. Oh, wow. To get drawn into the... Quiz draw at the end of the yeah, week. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to say. I was, as well too. I was trying to communicate to you. I was like two zero zero. I couldn't speak. Yeah, I know that that uh, oatmeal square got my mouth was jammed up. Yeah, you were you were uh, r- struggling. You know what? I I'm struggling too because we have so many text messages today. Really? It's it's out of control. Because like, I I can't see the text messages. Yeah, I know. And so I I'm like, oh, maybe people I'm aren't good. talking to us. No, but. they're talking. It's getting it's getting wild. We are literally just going through all the text messages. I, I'm trying to figure out even where they where they start here. Um uh, looking do, 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 do. Uh, is it that one? Oh yeah, no, it is. It is. I believe so. Oh no, it's this one right here. Suzanne texts us cabbage patch kids. Close, Suzanne. Close. It's the so the cabbage patch kids were like thing from the night. Do you know them? Yeah. Okay. So, but the garbage pail kids. I showed this to Lawson. He's really grossed out by it's them. Disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> they were like the satirical knockoff of the Cabbage Patch Kids. I, I mess up. It's not Garbage Patch. It's the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. But when you said the Garbage Patch floating through the ocean, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, the old uh, Garbage Patch Kids. But no, I thought, Garbage you know, Pail Kids. I thought it was actually, when you said Garbage Patch Kids, I was like, that's pretty cool because I guess, I don't know how aware they were of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in the 1990s, but it would be pretty <laughs> cool that you're making like a satirical version of the Cabbage Patch Kids to like raise awareness and like say all the money that they made from making these things in went the 90s, to... the 90s, we were far less concerned about awareness. Uh, to, raise, to raise awareness and then like all the money and all the proceeds go to cleaning it up like that would be really sick yeah but no it was actually the garbage pail kids and it's just (laughs) the grossest thing i've ever seen brayden actually says i don't know about these garbage patch kids but sounds like a parody of cabbage patch kids brayden you nailed it if that was a quiz clue you would have gotten the answer 100 (laughs) correctly 
Brayden says, treating the world as a dump just because it is going to get restored is akin to treating a rental car terribly because you are just going to return it. In both circumstances, you will be held accountable for your misuse. Yep. And I know this was not the intention of the parable of the talents, but I think the same principle can be applied. Mm. We are to look after what we have been given and not just look after in not just looking after the increase of the yield. Ooh, Braden also texts in Oh, not the right answer. I almost said the right answer. Mm-hmm. Not the right answer, not this one. Good guess, so right. That was close. Kathleen, close. Ben, close. Ooh, we got a lot of... This is a tough quiz, mm-hmm. but I think the answer has been revealed just recently. Yeah, yeah. these are from a little bit Well, earlier. the answer hasn't been revealed, but it's... My, people are it's getting, getting understanding. You know, the questions are getting easier. And more, and more text messages are coming in. Another uh, text message in here comes in saying, International Water Protection Treaty sounds good, but it's all to do with total water control for the New World Order. We should open our eyes to the net getting tighter with no escape. Actually, I, I agree with that a little bit. I, I didn't know how I felt about the United Nations. I don't even know how I feel about the United Nations, to be honest. Yeah, There's some yeah. mixed vibes. Yeah, and I, I don't know how I feel about this organization as being the one in charge of these... International waters. It's a it's a mixed uh, mixed vibes because I think really the hard. the vibe is good. Like hey, like like keep... the endeavor is good. Yeah, I love the whales. Love the little dolphin. Like, let's look so after cute. the oceans. Yeah. Let's look after ocean animals. Let's. But the way about which is going on is like, haha, we're doing this thing to look good. Yeah, but they're in, in tow. We're actually doing resist you, for you power could, and control. You could say then, like it's good when legislative bodies. And you know conglomerations of countries like the UN uh, collaborate to do something like this, but there's also a high potential for bad. But there's not a high potential for bad if you, as a personal individual, live up to your responsibility. Yeah, no. So, well, that goes back to individual responsibility. But here, you know, this actually reminds me of what our interview today with Pastor Mark Sutherland, what he was saying about the church being on the periphery of society, right? On the the peripherals of society. It really is interesting. If you look at the origins of the United Nations and some Mm -hmm. of the the teachings that they have, they're not a Christian organization at all. They're, they're Mm anti-Christian. Like they're, they're pro basically every religion other than Christian. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm not really a big fan of the United Nations being really in control of anything Mm -hmm. because they have a, pretty strong stance against Christianity, historically speaking. So, yeah, uh, thanks for that text message. I would have to say I am uh, shaky about that that thought process. Uh, another text message, yellow bee helicopter in the Philippines gone missing. It reminds me of the Bermuda Triangle, praying that they will be found alive. May God's mm. will be done. Thank you so much for the prayers, Raphael. Uh, we do appreciate those. And, yeah, it is. That's what we were saying as well, too. It does sound like the Bermuda Triangle. There, mm. And it's not just one, but it's many things happening. Dan, you got the answer correct. Raphael, yes, got the answer correct. Bruce and Liz, I'm going to ask Lawson if you got the answer correct. What are your thoughts? Yes. Oh, nice. Okay, Bruce and Liz, a little different approach, a little different spelling. They got it right. They got it right. Okay, We'll, we'll put that in there for sure. Here's another text from George, our boy George. Uh, morning team, regarding the cross and the pride flag, once churches 
slash Christians allow biblical morals to be compromised, it can become a very slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And eventually hardened hearts falling into depths difficult to climb out of. Only true prayerful repentance to God can turn things around. God is constantly calling us back to him, knocking on our heart's door. Will we have open hearts and receive him? Shalom, George. Mm. Uh, George, I love that text message. And yeah, I had mixed feelings because here's this is why I have mixed feelings with the cross on the pride flag. I am not in support of the pride flag because I think it's a... It is thievery of God's original rainbow. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, 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 no. That's not what that stands for. That's That stands for the promises of God that he will keep till the end of time. Mm-hmm. Right? Not what your organization is saying, like the pride organization is saying. Mm-hmm. That's not what that, that stands for. And they've changed that, right? So that that I'm, that's where I struggle with that. But I do, in some ways, with the cross on that flag, it's like I want I want people in the LGBTQ community to know Jesus loves them. Mm. No, no matter what, like Jesus has a place for you. If you will accept him as your personal savior, if you'll come to him and to know him more, you got a place in heaven waiting for you. So I'm, I'm got mixed emotions about that, you know, like, cause I'm just like, oh, yeah, I don't it's, know how I feel about no, that. But I think that I, the, the difficulty with the, the cross on the pride flag does it communicate the message that Jesus loves them and wants to to save them and to bring them to repentance? Or does it communicate the message that Jesus is in support of the activities and the ideals of the LGBT? And that's where... That's that's where this question comes in. For sure. And, and I, and I want to say that, no, that's not, the Bible does not support uh, that, that lifestyle moving forward and that the whole... Mm -hmm. community of that Mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. In the exact same way that God doesn't support every other sin, yet he loves those people and is calling them to repentance. You know, I've thought about that a lot too. Like I, I may not, I may not struggle with those particular sins, Mm -hmm. but, but, those are sins, and I struggle with sins that are just as bad, if, mm-hmm. you know, like more insidious because they're more uh, covered, I guess you could say, like mm-hmm. more secret sin. And for me as a follower of Christ, I have to recognize and realize and understand like we all struggle in our own mm-hmm. way. So this is not some like us pointing the fingers and saying, aha, you bad people, like you're doing this. No, welcome to the club. Uh-huh. It's a club of sinners. We're all part of it. And the only way out of the eventual result of this club of sinners is to accept Jesus as your personal That's savior, right. to ask for forgiveness, to repent and to follow him the best that you can. Yeah. Like you and I are thieves, liars, murderers, you know, and, uh, you know, people of pe- De- deceitful people. We yeah. are, <laughs> we are sinners in every sense of the word. And the, the thing that enables us to then participate and practice in Christianity is that, we make a public declaration to forego that sin. And then in private, when we participate in that sin, although it might not, there are some sins that happen publicly, you know, for example, like if, if I rob a bank, if you rob a bank or got ousted as a liar or something like you are responsible to that. And like, if, especially for us working in ministry, like if, it, if that, if it comes out that we're participating in, in those kinds of sins, like, like there are certain T- steps that should be taken to 
for the, for the sake of those who are a part of congregations and whatnot, my basic essential point is, is, yeah, we're all sinners. We're all in need to submit our lives and our wills to Jesus, and we can all participate within his church if we do so. Absolutely. Another text message we come in here. It says Mardi Gras. When you, uh, when you get to think about it, in many pagan major cities of the book of Acts could have very well been like a Mardi Gras society. Mm. The apostles preached to them salvation in Christ and often got beaten up in the Oof, process. Absolutely. That's like, that's actually is kind of what's happening now. Like if you don't accept my identity, I will, I will physically assault you. Like what a crazy there was place a, that we've become. Uh, this is a bit touchy of a quote. We brought it up um, I, when, around the time that this happened in, in 2017 when the, uh, the vote went through. For the the, those, the plebiscite about uh, homosexuality and marriage, and marriage, there was a quote that came out of that from someone on the yes side, mm-hmm. and it was an ingest. Oh, I know what you're talking it, about. It was yeah. it was a quote that claimed to be ingest, but it's essentially like, yeah, you know, if if those Christians uh, don't accept us, we- oh, this is gnarly to even even say. And uh, I, I I'm like, do we need to? to censor or something, but he essentially said like, yeah, if those Christians don't accept us, like we need to, to rape them or like hate rape them until they do, you know, until That's they, terrible. and that is like the most disgusting, offensive thing that anyone, and if, and if that was said from the other the perspective, reverse, reverse, like, and now like, it was like, crime. Oh, well actually, you know, it's not a hate crime because it was just in jest. And actually I'm a marginalized person. So it doesn't really count as a hate crime. Like, but I'm like, no, that, that Christians is are marginalized like, like now. then that's, that's what we're seeing is that Christians are becoming more and more of a minority. And that is just so overwhelmingly offensive. And I know that there are tons of people within the gay community who would read or hear a quote like that. That was a quote that was like promoted, but they would hear or read a quote like that and be totally appalled. Cause that's just disgusting. Like right. that is disgusting and messed up, but it, it goes to show some of the perspective that's there that, Oh no, it's okay to say like this really disgusting offensive unqualified thing because you know like i'm a marginalized person so you know so you know if i five threaten violence against you for not agreeing with me then like well, it that's, reminds that's my me right. of that interview a while back uh, ben shapiro was doing an interview and there was a uh, a trans person on mm. the on the interview on and, the panel yeah. on the panel and basically ben shapiro who's a little jewish guy literally refused to acknowledge him as a woman he's like you're a man and then the guy grabs his neck and goes, if you don't stop that, I'm going to like, I'm going to take gonna you out you back up. and beat you up. Yeah. And then Ben Shapiro rightfully so is saying, okay, so now if I don't agree with your opinion, you have now the right to physically assault me. Like, yeah. And that is a dangerous society to live in. And, and this is the thing is that I think that from their perspective, and I, I agree that there has been potentially like abuse or whatever it may be have been brought forth from those people for people having an opposite perspective, but especially from the Christian perspective, like I don't believe in doing that and neither do you and Mm. neither do most of our listeners. It's not my right to abuse or physically harm someone because they identify as like gay or queer or whatever it may be. Like that's, that's not the right that I have yet. It seems that when it goes the other way. The other way, they're like, oh, well, isn't that the expectation? Oh, you know, you people hate us, and so you want to physically harm us and make us feel dangerous and unsafe. And it's like, no, I, I never want to do any of no. those things. It's 
It's also very, I mean, yeah. I, just on a personal Intense. note as well, too, like I have actually quite a few uh, lesbian family members mm-hmm. in my family, and I love them. They're, they're my family. I'm not, I'm not going to stop loving them. Like, how can I, how can I not love them? They're like my family. Mm. And I think it's important for us to remember, like, just because you may have a disagreement uh, in a lifestyle choice doesn't mean you have to stop loving a person. Uh, Jesus disagreed with a lot of people. And yet he has nothing but love for all these people as well, too. Yeah, that's right. Jesus is... The ones who he really rebuked were the bureaucratic, religious, pharisaical leaders Mm -hmm. who knew better than to treat the people the way they should. And yet they did anyway because they were using the scriptures abusively. Yeah. Jesus... You know, mingled with sinners, publicans, prostitutes, these kinds of people. He didn't leave them where they were, though. No, um, he didn't. No. You know, it was it was to the woman caught in adultery where he says, "Who who is he that condemns you? But the purpose of that quote was then to turn her. And say, go and sin no more. Go and sin. That's what, that's amazing. Who is, who is he that condemns you? None of us. Mm-hmm. Go and sin no more. Right. Like what Jesus is saying is, I'm always going to be here for you. But I love you so much that I want something better. Well, how I can prove that these people don't love you is they want to destroy you. I love you so much that I don't want to destroy you. So I want I, I don't want you to be destroyed. And so therefore I want to lead you to a better way. Go and sin no more. Oh, isn't God's it's amazing. Yeah. I want to keep going through these text messages because we're running out of time here. Today, this is another text. Today, unfortunately, many churches have actually joined hand-in-hand with the pagans. Interesting statement, quote, God is not doing a good job, quote. The simple reason is that God's true people, the church, has in many ways failed. It's time to wake up. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed for a reason. Mm. This represents what the last generation will be like. Now, it is interesting. We talked about Sodom and Gomorrah. We've talked about this before. The reason that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed is because of the pride that they had not not the pride parades no 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 uh but the pride that they refused to acknowledge god as their yeah. savior like that and that is it was it the was actual reason it was like kind of a historical issue like that it was it was a cultural issue that unfolded over a certain period of time from when abraham saved them to when they were destroyed it was yeah that they dis- they had every opportunity to accept God as their personal Lord and Savior, and they rejected yep. Him unequivocally, and instead chose a lifestyle that was contrary to I, God's will. I think what I see there is a perfect example of what we call the unpardonable sin, mm. and how to avoid it. Because essentially, what these people had seen is Abraham with three hundred dudes destroy an army of one hundred and twenty thousand people. To save their city. They, and the angels fought with them as well, too. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So they so they see a miracle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fully. Then they get that miracle contextualized to them yeah. and then, by Abraham. And they know without a doubt. They're like, they're like, this was God. This was God that did this. That's why I'm returning. I'm returning, which is, firstly, they're, then they're blessed. So they're blessed. They see the miracle of this fight. They're blessed with having all their stuff returned to them. And then thirdly, they give an unequivocal information that this was God that did this, and yet still they didn't accept him, and yet still their hearts were hardened to him. And that is when God said, these people have seen everything that I could possibly give them, yet they won't make a decision. So therefore, they have offered themselves up to destruction, and and God bring destruction upon them. And for us and in our lives, the question is, is God reaching out to us? Is he trying to communicate and to speak with us? Is he trying to lead and guide us? And are we listening? 
and are we accepting? Are we submitting to him? And and so maybe that's something for you to reflect on in your own life. Like, is is are those same signs that Sodom and Gomorrah saw? Are you seeing them in your life, and are you responding appropriately and following Jesus? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson, where we're going to read one more quiz clue, and then we're going to. I just want to finish these text messages and jump into this Bible study. There's so many text messages today. What's the clue? Here we go. Final clue. Finale. Here we go. John the Baptist wore one of these made of leather. Ooh. And and that's actually a good clue because John the Baptist wore very little. (laughs) Yeah, true. He was, like, completely covered. Right. But. Not much. Yeah. He wore one of these made of leather. If you know what this is. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Of course, our amazing prizes for this week. We have the Conflict of the Ages box set, as well as the Reference Journal the Word Bible that we want to give to you for free. So, 0491-064-669. Again, that clue was John the Baptist wore one of these made of leather. Get in for our draw tomorrow. Suzanne, you got the answer correct. Janelle, you got the answer correct. Sherry, you did also get the answer correct uh, correct as well, too. Uh, we have another text message here. Did you just hear the news talking about a bunch of bad news? Wouldn't it be nice to only hear good news for a week? Ah, what a change that would be. Smiley face with little, little rosy cheeks. The uh, stress levels would improve greatly in just that week. Amen. Totally oh, agree with that. Do you want to hear some good news? Yeah. Read the Bible. Yeah, true. Like you, the, the gospel, <laughs> literally the good Is news. The good and news. I know that because I'm learning Greek. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what gospel means, right? The good news. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have another text message here. The United Nations is a beehive of socialism. Nothing Christian about that organization. Just an arm of the papacy. Oof. Interesting. Uh, Paula texts us, everyone should read the Gay Manifesto 1978. I, what is that about? I don't know. I, t- I don't know, man. It's an interesting thought. I don't know, Paula. Uh, maybe more details if you have more. It sounds uh, like it sounds like an sounds organi- organization in 1978 has gotten together to write what they believe about homosexuality. Interesting, yeah. Paula. I'd like to know more about that. Uh, Braden, you got the answer correct. D also answer correct. Karen, close, but not correct. And we're not going to give it to her. I don't think we can. No, 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 no. no. So, good, good, good guess, though, Karen. Sorry, uh, Karen. Close, but no. Well, I was going to say the right answer, but I can't say that right now. Well, you're going to find the right answer very, very shortly. But until that time, we're going to study the Bible, the 20 million movement Bible study. Can you read Proverbs three, verses nine and ten for us? Proverbs three, verses nine and ten. Yeah, it's basically a little bit of an insight into when. Proverbs was written, uh, many believe, by Solomon, uh, and I'm, I'm one of those people who believe that as well, too. He had a rough life and then kind of went through, uh, he hardly had a rough life. Well, he had a very good life, he an and then he life. made lots and lots rough of bad decisions, decisions yeah. that was then followed, well, his Proverbs are from his wisdom, his, his Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes is his uh, his 
reflection on his bad decisions. Right. Kind of an end-of-life crisis, if you will. Yeah, for sure. So that's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And we just want to look at how they use the farm animals and farm uh, ideology in expressing financial ideas. It says here, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. What if I don't own a vat? Or a barn. Or a barn. I don't know. I ain't got no barns. I ain't got no vats. So <laughs> it just sounded the right way to say that. Uh, apologies to everyone who owns barns and vats. Uh, what's really being said here, Lawson? Well, it's it's essentially when you honor God with mm-hmm. what you have, he will honor you. Yeah. He'll, he'll hook you up. <laughs> God will hook you up. I like yeah. that. No, for, for sure. So putting God first in your life, when you make God first, you're blessed in many ways, including filling your barn, overflowing your vats, mm-hmm. right? Which is essentially saying you will have more than enough wealth to be fine. Mm-hmm. So putting God first actually is a great recipe for being wealthy, right? The Bible actually never never talks about making wealth in a negative way. There, there are ways to not make wealth, which are you know going out and thieving and stealing and uh, making mm-hmm. usury and, and using debt to and, and slavery to own people. It talks about those things aren't good. However, the Bible never condemns becoming wealthy. Mm-hmm. Like, it never condemns creating wealth, going and working and creating a farm, creating an orchard or a vineyard, and and living in a way that God wants. Yeah, being wealthy like that, no problem. What God God's ideal is to live appropriate in an appropriate way to your calling, and you know, people have different callings at different times. I can see at the moment my calling is to to be a student at Avondale to to finish my degree in ministry and theology, and then going to pastoral ministry after i know when i become a pastor the the pay is decent enough to where i could raise a family and whatnot but my means right now are not because i'm a poor uni student right uh you know i have enough to live i get to work on faith fm you know i'm i'm chilling but at the same time it's like are my vats overflowing well it's overflowing with enough to get me through Mm -hmm. like i i should have nothing but God has really given me everything that I need. And you get a lot of free lunches too. Oh, dude, I get, I get the hookup. This guy's like the free, free lunch, lunch free dinner. Have you ever I heard don't the know term tin staffle? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. <laughs> but you're like, I've heard it, but no, no, it's no, not no. true for me. This is, this is the deal. This is the deal. It's a free lunch for me because who's paying? God. <laughs> so, so, again, I get the hookup. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Proverbs twenty <laughs> Proverbs twenty seven, twenty-three to twenty-seven says Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in, the lambs will provide your clothing, and the goats the price of a field. You shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household, and the nourishment of your maid servants. So what does it mean to be diligent to know the state of your flocks? I don't have any flocks. Do you have flocks? Nope. Okay, what does this actually mean in a modern interpretation? Like, yeah, how is this applicable? I think, like, this is ultimately pointing towards monetary wisdom 
uh, or financial wisdom, you know, to, to take review of what we have to, to budget, um, for which sure, which is so valuable. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks today is, uh, get on Excel, create a spreadsheet of your, of your budget. <laughs> like that's to because, know like, the state of your affairs. In this time, their flocks is their, both their means of income as well as the income itself. Like, your sheep were your currency because a lot of this was a barter system, I believe, when Solomon is writing this, is this is predating currency. Oh, for sure. Like, at the time, sure. like, they, they live in a trade barter system. Yeah. And so he's literally talking about the currency that he has. I actually think currency didn't really come around effectively until about the 10th century. Like, it was trade barter up until around the 10th century. Well, like, like a thousand years ago. Yeah. Like, I... I in the, Jesus' I, the, time, they had currency. They there. had, they had, no, no, no. They had money, but they didn't have currency. Uh-huh. So there's a difference. Currency are IOUs, like paper uh, money, okay. right? But they had, okay. Right. But at this time, like, they're not even really using money. Well, they had, but they had gold. I mean, they had gold back then as well. Yeah, too. yeah but, 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 but gold then, was more of a, a resource rather than a It was something to be bartered. Yeah. Whereas in the 10th century, I think it was the 10th century. I, I probably should fact check that. But around the 10th century, they were like, okay, you give me your gold. I'll give you a little paper slip that says IOU, which is essentially money. This is as good as gold. That's where that term comes from, as good as gold. Uh, and But that's not even the system we live on now. Now we live in some crazy Federal Reserve nonsense that's not even. Well, America does. Yeah. <laughs> so does Australia, man. Yeah. Because the anyway, the whole system is not based on a gold standard. Yeah. Um, I have little. Gaddafi I, tried to make a gold standard currency, and they killed him for it. So this is like a wild, <laughs> wild. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. You want to make a gold standard currency in today's society? The monetary fund people they will did they will wreck. Your well, business. all I know is I look at my bank account, and there's some little numbers there that go up <laughs> and down at a certain. You know when my my paycheck comes in, they go up. When I spend money, it goes down. Well, Proverbs twenty seven twenty four says that riches are not forever. So hopefully poverty isn't it either. <laughs> it goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, it, it's important for us just to understand and recognize that whether you have opulent wealth or just a little bit here and there, if you make God first, he will bless you abundantly in ways that are beyond finances mm. and monetary gain. Like the blessings that we receive from God are incredible. And it's important for us to it's important for us to understand and recognize that money is not the only way that God will bless you when you put Him first. He blesses you with health. He blesses you with uh, social connection. He blesses you with a roof over your heads. He mm. blesses you spiritually to have mm. that fulfillment. Because you can make all the money in the world and feel empty inside. What's the point? Mm. What is it uh, like, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his own soul, which we were reading earlier in the week as well, too. We're going to now listen to Phil Wickham, Look to Jesus, because that's the only place that you can find real answers in this crazy, crazy world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Breakfast show with Blake and Lawson and Shanna behind the studio buttons, pressing them wildly mm-hmm. uh, as she gets all the the sound to work properly. Thank you so much for what you do, Shanna. Uh, she's she does it all sitting down as well too. What if she was like standing like a DJ back there, just like 
mixing it up and like pressing like the little explosion buttons and stuff. I don't I don't think that's her style. But regardless, she's 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 getting it done. She's doing a great job. Yeah. Um We're blessed. I, I just want her to have a smoke machine in there. Just like <laughs> she walks <laughs> That you is know. a tiny room, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You'd only use it once. Um, sure. <laughs> once once the for sure, and then, and then we evacuate. <laughs> Talking about the fire department, let's read some texts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which has nothing to do with that. But Sky says, now we know Lawson's main reason for study, which I think is free lunges. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Ben, Actually. Ben got the answer probably. correct as well, too. And Raphael texts in, I read the homosexual agenda. It says it all, including the plan for the takeover of society. So I think this is the uh, the manifesto that Paula was texting about in 1978. Uh, it, further, the text says, we have lived through it and the fruit is in the pudding, which we are all forced to eat. You should be able to Google it or YouTube it. Interesting. Okay. That is, that is some information on what we were asking for as well, too. Mm. What we also need some information on is... The quiz. I got it right here. Answer. So this first one here, Daniel had a vision where he saw a man who was resisted by the prince of Persia. And that man he saw is referred to in the Bible as Michael the Archangel. Mm -hmm. And Michael the Archangel, in in the description of him, it says that he's wearing a belt made of the purest gold. And, of course, that is our answer for today, belt. Uh, it also gives a bunch of other descriptive factors about Michael the Archangel. It says that, you know, in the, the color of his skin and the, the clothes that he's wearing. Like bronze, right? Yeah. It's like, got a real tan going on. Yeah, yeah. In the, in, like, I and think, his hair is, like, white as snow, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. We see this this beautiful picture. Interestingly, we read... We read... Uh, Revelation chapter 1, where the Bible says this, When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands I saw someone like the Son of Man. Which is a reference, which is Jesus' favorite reference about himself. About himself. And then look how he's described here. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and hair were white Mm -hmm. like wool, white Mm -hmm. as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in the furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held up seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When we read... Copper skin. When we read the description of Jesus in Revelation chapter 1, and we read the description of Michael the Archangel in... Daniel chapter a lot of similarities. 10, we see a very, very similar figure. Mm-hmm. But when we do some investigation into this Michael the Archangel person, it's like, okay, what does the word Michael mean? That's his name. Mm-hmm. One who is like God. Mm-hmm. Well, what does the word Archangel mean? And I think that's the key. Archangel for me is the key because it doesn't mean angel. It's the one, the, the boss of the angels, yeah, basically. The, the, it says the, he, the head of the angels. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, it says that Michael the Archangel is the captain of the Lord's armies. Yes. And the question is, well, of the Lord's well who's that? Hmm. It, who do we see being the king of kings, lord of lords, commander of the Lord's army in the New Testament? Jesus Christ. The son of man. And so it would be, I, I think it's not difficult to make the connection that Michael the Archangel was one of the identities 
of Jesus. And Jesus has a fair few names in the Bible. And, if, you know, Emmanuel, Alpha, Son of Man, Omega. Son of God, yeah. Alpha, Omega. Michael the Archangel was what he was. He is the one who is like God, who is the head of the angels. Right. The, 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 look, the connection there, I think, is very, very clear. Mm. Uh I wouldn't be it wouldn't be something I would want to argue with someone about all the time because I know a lot of people love to just get into this argument and and I think we can get caught in what's called the weeds. We can get mm-hmm. caught in the in the little the little nuances of things, but I'll tell you this right now. Mm-hmm. We will know for sure when we're in heaven. Sure. Uh, it does seem to me that Michael and Jesus are yeah. one and the same and I definitely have done that Bible study several times to go. Mm, I think that's the case. Uh, but when we go to heaven, we will know for sure. And that's where I'm at on that. I think one of the most interesting evidences of this is when you read about the Exodus and you read about the burning bush. Fully. And fully. And Moses, Exodus, what does Moses three, see? 18, Mo- yeah. What does Moses see in the burning bush? Mm-hmm. He sees the, the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then he says to the angel of, of the Lord, mm-hmm. this very specific angel, this angel of the Lord, this messenger of God, my Lord, my God. And then the angel responds and says, I am God, take off your shoes, worship me, this is holy ground. So- Same thing with uh, Samson and yeah. his mom. As exactly. Well too. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.